Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, L-I-F-E dot com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm excited for this episode. Amy Sinha is my guest today and I have to say she is one of the first of her kind given her talent in the musical sphere. So I'm really excited to share a little bit about Amy's background, but I won't steal her thunder. I'll let her tell her story, but I'll give you a little bit of a preview. So Amy, she was born in South Wales, UK, and that's where she is today calling in from. And she's the youngest of three sisters. I have a sister myself, so I know what it's like. I'm the youngest too. Um, And she was submerged in music at a really young age. Uh, I loved learning, Amy, that you sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow (laughs) at six years old in your first talent show. And since that young age, she fell in love with piano, classical piano, learning about jazz. But at the same time that Amy was finding her love for music and growing in that, she also experienced some difficult medical conditions having cataracts in both eyes, leaving her almost blind, getting diagnosed with a rare nerve condition, um, experiencing osteoarthritis, which almost had her wheelchair bound, and that trauma definitely impacted her confidence. But obviously you can see that Amy's with us today and she lives by the motto that the impossible is possible. And I just appreciate the opportunity to hear more about her journey from then until now. So welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me all the way across the pond. I know, all the way across the pond. Oh, and I was just telling Amy that I, I can't wait to be able to travel that far again. And I'm hoping that it's in the cards really soon. But Amy, I would really just love for you to take us back to the time when you were young, because I think it's something we can all relate to when we're just growing up and finding our passions. That was so amazing for you, but having those medical conditions is a unique situation. Uh, so how did you, when you first, you know, started having these different conditions, how did it affect your ability to want to continue doing music? Yeah, it wasn't something that I thought about back then when I was going through all of it. It was just something that I was doing and something that I could do well, as well as there being all these other things that I was going through. So it wasn't something that I was thinking about consciously. I think Mm -hmm. I I was suffering all of these things and I I was singing like on the side when when I wasn't, you know, in hospital. Uh, So that's kind of how I remember it. It might have been different, I don't know, but that's how I I look back when I think about it. And that's how I, yeah, I remember things being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know that your confidence was challenged by having to manage your conditions while also doing music. What helped you to stay confident through having to be in the hospital and live your life in that way? Yeah, it was a long process. Um, It didn't happen when I was younger. It's probably only happened now over throughout the whole of my life. I think um, the singing and the music kind of was hindered a little bit because of my lack of confidence. And I don't think I believed in myself. I didn't think of myself as that great. I mean, every, other people were saying, gosh, you're really, really talented. And I just didn't see it. 
so it's like when you when you make yourself believe something that how it is isn't it so it's taken a lot of time to gain self-worth and to to be confident and believe in myself but that was a progression but in the hospital I think I didn't I didn't have any confidence so I kind of blocked a lot of things off and I just was kind of like not ignorant so but kind of innocent and I didn't want I didn't want to no otherwise so I just wanted to stay innocent um yeah I think that's it that's the only way I can explain it I just I don't remember having any confidence back then even though I was doing it yeah I, I just I was just doing it out of doing it yeah <laughs> it's hard to explain I, I just, it's a, like, you know yeah it, it makes sense when it, when you're kind of going through it it's hard to process and looking back at it is a different experience right, right. because you're obviously in place but tell me about where you are today what what are you focused on musically and what what are the things that you're doing today to continue pursuing your passion you know these days I'm focused on being happy every day I used to find that difficult because I've suffered from depression quite a lot so and when you don't work in a nine-to-five job I mean any freelancer will know this you don't get work constantly you know it's, it's a you get a bulk of work and then nothing and it can be nothing for months and then you get it again and so you kind of gone up and down up and down so that can affect mental health so now i'm kind of trying even though i still work freelance i'm trying to focus on learning new things in every day and especially during covid meeting new people i gave myself a task on going on podcasts i've been doing it since the beginning of the year and kind of being open because funnily enough i never i actually used to tell people about anything I was going through, about what was going on with me, any disabilities that I had, only my best friends and my family knew. So anybody that I met, they didn't know. Um, apart from me just being small, that I don't look any different. Um, but inside, I was just like, oh, you know, kind of battling with this, shall I say? And I was like, no, I don't want to. Um, so that is kind of what I'm focusing on now. So just grasping the opportunities. If I feel like I want to do something and I feel like it's the right opportunity, and even if I feel a little bit nervous about it, as long as I don't feel dread, then I will take that opportunity um, and kind of just live every yeah. day as it comes. That's kind of what I'm focused on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I think it's really awesome because that is a true sign of vulnerability. I think it's very easy for us to talk to people who we feel comfortable with, right? Yeah. Your family, your close friends, but to put yourself out there on public platforms and to right. talk about your challenges and it's it's not easy to do yeah. so it takes a lot of courage to be able to you know to be able to do that one of the things i'm really fascinated by because i've actually never personally talked to somebody who does voiceover work what <laughs> what was the first voiceover um job that you ever got see now this is the funny thing so because i was doing the music side and I started I, I released my own album so I wrote composed and recorded and put it out there um, mm -hmm. in 2012 and from that I was doing radio interviews now people would comment on my voice my speaking voice saying oh you've got a really nice voice would you like to record some links so I was like all right okay so I've been doing it for quite some time but it never occurred to me to because I thought that I was not a very good speaker because I was quite shy and I didn't know how to um, speak to people that I didn't know. So I kind of went out there and that's why I started doing the interviews with jazz musicians and I got a YouTube channel together to get over that fear and to talk to random people. Um, so that kind of, that's how yeah. it started, but it actually, I kind of put it into practice as voiceover probably towards the end of 2019 when my sister just gave me the idea and she's like, Amy, you can do it from home. and um it's well paid <laughs> well paid. um and i was like all right okay yeah no i can do it so i just um did some research made a show reel and then i just started putting myself out there and i actually got some good feedback i mean it wasn't easy because unlike the singing it's a very saturated market everyone has been thinking the same thing as as, as me so it took a long time but i think i got my faith my first paid voiceover job last march last March so it's been right, just over a year and a half since I've been doing it uh, but mm -hmm. you know I found that I really love I really love doing it so I kind of put everything that I have into it and kind of go for it and seeing where it takes me <laughs> that is so cool well and the fact that you got that feedback 
a long time ago. Yeah. You know, and you decided to pursue it. It's a, it's just such a fascinating other element to the world that you're in, you know, because you're using your your voice in so many ways, speaking okay. and singing. Um, it's all connected. So it take connected. me back. It is, right? It <laughs> yeah. is it is all connected. I, I love to go back, like you said, to your first album. What was it like thinking back to 2012 to do something like composing and putting out your first album of music? It was amazing because I never actually thought that I could write songs. And that's the thing. I used to write poetry just as I left university, but it was more think of a subject mm -hmm. and let's think if I can think of rhyming things to say. And that's how it started. So, and that's how the songs came. So I just think of a subject. And then I'd write music and my first album, I like my brain, when you're kind of physically restricted, your brain, it's just that's all you have because that, that's all the movement. So I've been doing this since I was very young. My brain would just go like, like I used to love sci-fis, like Quantum Leap was my favorite show when I was younger. I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. So things like that. So I drink, you know, could think about the universe and what lies ahead and, you know, everything like that. So, and then Facebook was born and founded and I got a little bit obsessed with Facebook and I would just like sleep and think in status updates so I thought okay if I'm going to do that I'll just put an album out of my thoughts I kind of dedicate to Facebook actually status updates um so that's actually where the album founded from was my thoughts in my head that I just wanted to put out there so originally it was just for me because I just wanted to clear my mind of all these things that I've been thinking of and that's what the album is yeah. a thin love yeah Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I, I think that when we can take something that we do sort of privately and intimately, that's kind of therapeutic for us, which I think music is like for you, and then all of a sudden share that with people and kind of it's an invitation into your world is so cool. You know, it's like, this is me, Amy, here's my music. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't for everyone, I'm not going to lie, but you know, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what about on the music side today? What is your favorite thing to do musically? Well, over the past couple of years, I've got into um, taking pop songs that I love and making that different versions of them, just doing like short, like a verse and a chorus, but doing it differently, turning it around. So I think the, the last one I did might have been, um, I don't know if you remember, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Ashley. Wow! I love that yes. one so much. So I kind of slowed it down. He did a slowed down version. So I took that and kind of changed it slightly. And yeah, I just put it out. So I like I like actually doing things like that. It, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, like you, you take it and you put your own spin on it. Right, yeah. It's like Amy's remix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> almost. <laughs> whole remix compilation of all the music that you love in your own version yeah 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 and you don't really find people doing that these days they cover the version but it's almost like identical to to what you find so if you like just change it even if you keep it a pop style you can change the time signature you can just change like the way the kind of the genre that you know you you do it in like i remember was it paul anker he turned a lot of rock songs into jazz which was absolutely brilliant like in nirvana you know we'd make it into a, a like a like a swing which yeah. is absolutely very cool <laughs> yeah that's why i love it when you know when you watch the voice or right. something and somebody comes out and they sing a song and you're like it sounds familiar but they've done it completely differently it almost sounds like a different song right. like oh my gosh that's cool that they did that um so going back to because I know you you studied classical piano and then you fell in love with jazz. What was it about that genre that attracted you? Jazz. I think I just I think it was the fact that it was so complex and it had so many different layers. And back then I was going through all of that stuff and my mind was just racing, as I said, all over the place. And I think I just related to that and the lyrics. I used to love the lyrics. It was just so like gentle and and just accessible to everyone, even though people, I know people don't think that, but the lyrics of back then, so you've got George and Ira Gershwin, popular summertime, um, someone to watch over me, you know, the pop can't take that away from me. And they're just so lovely, but it has different meaning to different people. And wherever you are 
in your journey of life, it can mean something different. And I think that's what I loved. It's just the layering, layering of the lyrics and the layering of the music. You just had so many things going on at one time, different instruments, you know, playing different phrases to match, to go underneath. And, and that's what I loved. That, and that you didn't at that time find that in pop or rock so much. It was kind of kind of basic. You had like maybe four chords that, you know, you'd play and jazz just had so many different chords. Um, and I think that's what I loved about it. I mean, I know some people think it's pretentious and it doesn't, you don't, you know, <laughs> you know, people are just doing their <laughs> solos for about 10 minutes, but I just, I really loved it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> say that. Oh my gosh. So I, the first exposure that I had, I think more deeply and intimately with jazz is when I went down to New Orleans because obviously over there on Bourbon Street, there's jazz bands and there's music. As soon as you hit the street at night, it's there. And you're right. The intricacy of just seeing all the instruments at once and how they come together to form the sound is incredible. It's just really magnificent. Is there is there a place out there in the UK that you go to that's really popular for jazz music? too oh, kind of wow. like New yeah. the happy. <laughs> south wales yeah south wales yeah well that's how i got started really so i went to music college in leeds which is up north and they had uh, how i first got my paid job was paid gig was a place called the wardrobe uh, which was opposite the music college and it was a jazz uh, at the time i think it might have changed now but it was a jazz restaurant and then jazz club underneath and they'd play funk music in the club but um on the top in the restaurants we'd be able to play once a week we all were on rotation so we all had to do it and we got paid um, to do it so then but then when I came here it was a funny thing because when I was there sorry before I finished there was we yeah. used to have these workshops and this American jazz player she came over from New York and her name is Daryl Sherman and she plays on and sings on the piano of Cole Porter in New York in the ward of Astoria and she came over and we did a workshop and I think she was really impressed with me because she was touring and she was playing in Swansea. And she's like, oh, you know, go to Swansea. I was like, oh, that's really cool. But the next thing you know, like I think a couple of weeks later before I graduated, I got a call from the guy who played, uh, who wrote jazz section for the newspaper back in Swansea. And he was ringing me up going, oh, this American pianist singer was playing here and she mentioned you and she was, she's a well-loved singer over here. And she, and because she actually, said who I was and you know I'm young and you know, up and coming they were kind of started to pay attention so then when I came back to Swansea I was quite they were quite excited going this new vocalist come out just graduated so there is a place in Swansea it's called Swansea Jazzland and we used to have well, we still do but amazing jazz musicians from all over the UK America touring you know from Europe and going there every week, I kind of got to know everyone and they really helped me out. So I'd be able to sit in and sing with musicians that came that came to Swansea. So I didn't actually have to leave Swansea because like every everyone was coming here, which uh, was kind of kind of amazing. So yeah, <laughs> it was just it was a fun time. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so amazing. And so you you really got to meet <clears throat> all kinds of people mm. that are creating this music from different parts of even the world. Yeah. And it was amazing because I just literally because it was physically like hard for me to move about. So I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? And everyone's like, you have to go to London. You have to go to London to make it. And I just didn't want to go to London. I didn't like, you know, I didn't want like the fact it was so busy and it was so impersonal. I mean, Swansea is quite a big place, but it's small. It's kind of everyone does know everyone. You've heard of everyone, um, but yet people were coming here. So from all over the world that you wouldn't have even thought, like we thought of Swansea as a little place, but everyone seemed to know about it. So <laughs> it was kind of cool just being here and yet getting all those opportunities. So I am a firm, a firm believer of kind of putting the intentions out there and putting the thoughts and then it kind of comes, the opportunity comes and you don't have to be in a particular place. It just, you just have to let it come to you. I think, I think the days of having to be in a, in a certain place are kind of obsolete, especially with, the internet and, and social media and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we manifest it, right? right? Just be present and surrender to the moment and you can manifest bringing those things and opportunities to you. That's right. really amazing. What, if you think about 
the next year, you know, because we're, we're going into a new year, 2022 soon. What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about in the future for you? Wow, I'm I'm excited about doing more voiceovers. Um, I want to do I want to do bigger voiceovers for bigger companies and maybe TV. I would love to do TV commercial. Um, I've been doing a lot of networking in in the states. Um, British accent, you know, is quite popular. <laughs> is that where you are? <laughs> um, I'd love to go out there. <laughs> yeah, I would love to come over to They're America. My They're my favorite accent. <laughs> I'm like, oh, a British accent. Where is that coming from? I must listen to what they have to say. <laughs> you know what, we do the same with America. It's like, oh, American. Oh, I like that. Literally, exactly what you just said. Oh, he's American. Oh, she's American. Hang on, where? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Who's talking? Yeah. I must meet them. <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly what I was doing. It is, yeah. it is really true, though. People love it. People love it. So I would not be surprised if you got some really cool assignments. If you had to choose where in America you would want to visit first uh, in the next opportunity that you had to, where would you come here? Oh, it's a hard one. There's so many places in America. I mean, I used to, it was no question that I wanted to go to New York because oh, that yeah. was where the jazz was. But I mean, having to think, I would like to go and then people go, I would like to go to Savannah. I like the South. Um, not just for, not for voiceovers or anything, but just places I'd like to visit. Uh, I would like, because I used to watch Dallas when I was younger. So I would love to go to Savannah yeah. and, and Texas. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Have you been to New York? No. No, yet I did collaborate with a, a record label. In They were based in New York, but they didn't have enough money to kind of fly me out because they, they were just starting the label. Like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so that has to be, Amy, that has to be on your list for sure. Yeah. New York is amazing. There's so much richness and music, like you said, radio music hall, besides all the jazz, Broadway is there. Right. I think you have to really put forward. <laughs> I know. I'd love to see all the shows. I do, yeah, I'd love to see all of them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to ask because obviously you spend a lot of time doing music yeah. because that is your passion since childhood. What other interests, like if, if you weren't doing music, what kind of hobbies do you have? Well, as I said, I love, I love sci-fi. So I love films, uh, movies. I love books. I, I love reading um i love thrillers anything with like watching everything is about christmas and i'm like oh i miss the thrillers most people murdering each other i know it's really bad <laughs> i'm like it's gonna be a thriller yeah i listen to i have a thing for true crime <laughs> yes okay. i know right. it sounds crazy no. this morning i was getting ready and um my mom is retired and we moved out to las vegas and we live here so she's with me and um, it's hilarious because she was coming in to bring me some breakfast and I'm listening to Dateline because that's what I do. I listen to, you know, murder and crime and everything. And she's just like, okay, murder girl. Like, do you listen <laughs> to anything else? And of course I listen to self-help, you know, I listen to comedic things, but for some reason, and it's not because I enjoy murder like that's right. ridiculous it's because i enjoy the psychology i enjoy the psychology of understanding what makes people do things what are triggers that make people make decisions that to the to the blind you know to our naked eye is like why what's going on but then as you dig in you start seeing the threads of how, what led them there. And I, I just, that fascinates me. So I don't think you're weird at all for like okay. <laughs> sci-fi and thrillers. Sci-fi and thrillers. I love it. It is true. It's, it's, I like to look back at the childhood. I don't know why, like what happened in their childhood. And so many things happened to us, isn't it? That, I mean, as you, you've got a sister, so you can be in the same household thinking you're going through the same thing, yet completely experiencing completely different 
different set of circumstances and so you have different recollections and turn out to be completely different people and then you look back and like what how do you see it like that it didn't happen like that but they have a alternate perception of how they view the past and and I, I just find that fascinating uh yeah about the childhood or if nothing happened in the childhood how they turn out to be psychopaths that they want to murder everyone I, I just it's just very interesting what goes inside people's right. brains yeah <laughs> I, so I, ha I said this the other day, and I'm still thinking that this could happen in my lifetime. I was thinking of this idea. Now, now I'm going to say it out loud, and somebody's might go, like, "Go do it," but that's fine. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so committed to it, but I think it's a cool idea. Is you know how we always hear about all these different serial killers, right? Like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, or there's a Charles Manson, or all all these people that were like, "Oh my gosh, who's what? What were they thinking?" What would it be like to interview their parents? Yeah. You know, yeah. just tell, tell us what it was like. What was their childhood like? Did you anticipate, did you see any, any things that made you think or made you wonder, or was this a complete surprise to you that, you know, your kid did all these things? But do you think they would actually admit to something being wrong because then that would mean that they didn't do anything if they said yes my childhood murderous used to kill his rabbit or used to enjoy you know killing the, the pet dog i'm not sure right. really would they <laughs> i know right i mean i'm sure there's some level of you know guilt or something there because if they did notice these behaviors yeah. then it would be probably sad for them but i just think that'd be kind of crazy and that interesting would be, yeah <laughs> I'd go for it. I like that. Tell me about your son, Jeffrey Dahmer. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I really, really did want to ask you is because there's a lot of people listening right now and music, you know, could be the thing that they want to pursue, just like you um, or, or any dream that they have for that matter. And they might feel limited because of some of the things like you've experienced with different you know conditions what would you tell somebody who feels limited because of maybe their physical um or you know certain circumstances what would you tell them about continuing to persevere to pursue their dreams despite those limitations well i would i would say you know there's so many people going through things like physical barriers mental barriers everyone goes through something i don't think there's a, a person out there who's not suffering from some challenge or another big or small uh but mm -hmm. i think as i said with the internet there's so much more things that are available than when i was i was younger um i just i think social media is a I, obviously it has a dark side too but it also has a positive plus side so if you use it for good and not worry so much about the, the bad stuff, like the trolls and the negativity, then I think it can really, you know, really help and inspire people and help you out. And I think have a goal, absolutely. You know, we all have to have goals, but then be realistic. You know, you can't go from one day to earning 10 pounds to the next day earning a million. You know, it's just, unless you win the lottery or something, that's just not gonna happen. So you kind of have to put, you know, practicalities in place. So I like to do weeks, one week and then like, in advance and then maybe at the month so kind of have realistic goals so that you're not beating yourself up about them if you don't you know achieve it and kind of give yourself credit go no but I did this okay that's okay all right so where where am I gonna kind of do do better for next time or where can I maybe be more motivated how can I give myself a better chance at the start of the day you know kind of things like that so I think just put yourself out there if you can when you can don't listen to the negativity and keep going and seriously do not let anybody tell you that you can't do any of these things because and this is my thing with reality tv i don't like it because they have these judges and then they go you can't do this even with football if they're not if you're not amazing at the age of eight no you're not going to be a footballer well hang on a minute no that's not true one person saying that and with enough mm -hmm. practice and perseverance yes actually you can so don't listen to anybody who tells you you can't I don't believe that. I think anything, as I said, you said at the beginning, anything really is possible. It's all up to you, not other people. So that's what I would say. Focus on yourself. Don't think about other people and don't compare yourself. I think that's the main thing that I've learned. I used to do that a lot when I was in the music industry and singing, and that's comparing myself with other people. And that is a road downhill. 
So if you want to do something focused, don't, you know, just weave out the, the noise and the, and the background noise from your life. And take, take on advice, don't get me wrong. Listen to the people that matter and then just cut yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true though. You know, I think very often in life, somebody at some point tells us no or that we're not made for something. And that can change a trajectory because then you tell yourself, well, that must be true. Because if they're saying it, then I, they have a point of view and they're obviously very passionate about that point of view. But when you believe in yourself enough, you, you can prove that person wrong. And there's so many other people who do believe in you. And it does, like you said, though, it does take practice. It does take, you know, the consistency to show up and to improve on your craft and things like that. Yeah. But one person's opinion shouldn't dictate no. your whole life. It is right? believing in yourself. If you believe in yourself. I mean, we've seen it with pop stars. You know, they had the belief. They might not be good, <laughs> but they've had the belief. <laughs> and, you know, they've succeeded. And if that tells you anything, it is. Believe in yourself, even if other people don't. <laughs> oh, ah, absolutely. You're, you know, be your own biggest cheerleader. Mm. Be your own biggest cheerleader. Um, Amy, I would love to ask you a couple more questions about you so people can get to know you a little bit better. So my first question is, what are three words that best describe you? Oh, um, honest. I'm very honest. <laughs> um, not judgmental. I, I kind of come to a place where I'm really only focusing on myself and I'm not listening, you know, the gossip for other people. Um, and trustworthy. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, if everyone had those qualities, Amy, <laughs> We would live in a really great world. So. Yeah. The honesty and the non-judgmental. I think people need to learn how to not be like judging other people, especially celebrities. We care too much about what's going on. Way too much. Why? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I think it's like you said, certain mediums exist now that make it more dominant in our in front of us all the time. Right. You know, before you could go to the grocery store and then you just see a magazine, right? And you know what? It's very passive. You know, if you see Julia Roberts or whomever on the cover of a magazine, it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And you could decide if you're going to read it or not. Today, social media puts everything in your feed, you okay. know, or it's on TV. It's, it's, it's more pervasive. And I think that's probably contributing to why there's an obsession of you know what these other people are doing if that they have nothing to do with your life at all <laughs> no and do we really care who's going out with who and if they've broken up and you know they're dating somebody else and yeah it seems to be everyone seems to have an opinion and like they form their opinion on oh no we hate that person because they dumped this person it's like well you don't actually know them so I know. <laughs> yeah. you know too i think sometimes we do this uh it's like a distraction i kind of think about it like that's like a distraction because when we're spending our time doing those kinds of things it just takes us away what we're what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves you know it's like there's a whole lot of stuff that we have to work on with our own lives and our own goals and our own pursuits but when you don't want to put the energy into that right. you know, people distract themselves with these other things right, <laughs> right? It is. It's, it's, like, it's like soap operas. I used to love soap operas because it would get away from my life, you know, because you, you're watching TV. And I, I think that's what sci-fi is. I love so much because it was a, so like a leap away from reality. And they're yes. great for escapism, but not actually dealing with life as it is. Right. Then you're done with the episode and you're like, oh, my problem is still there. I right. still have to do that. Dang it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so true. Okay, my next question for you is, what is something that you're working on improving? Oh, so many things. <laughs> um, <laughs> improving. Um, well, the voiceovers, the technical side and the expression side and kind of becoming more free. 
um because singing i was able to do that with with music but words are slightly different so you have to put the emotions behind it and because i'm not a natural actor or i'm very expressive with my voice but not speaking like actor if i as i said because i'm quite honest um i kind of come with that mindset so lying is kind of difficult to me so i have to put it i have to kind of twist it around instead of thinking myself as i'm lying it's just no no it's truthful it's just something else I just have to think of it in another way rather than I think as I'm thinking yeah. about it um so yeah. because I never really thought of myself as an actress throughout the whole of my life I never I never thought of it so it's just removing that block that I have and kind of just putting myself just allowing myself just to be free and and you know it's okay so what I'm going to work on just allowing myself to just feel every emotion and it's okay to kind of put it out there yeah <laughs> yeah because it is a different energy like yeah. you said right yeah. it's you you are and i think when i think about somebody who's an an actor or an actress they're channeling you know something or someone to be able to convey whatever it is especially if it's like an autobiography right. and somebody's playing the queen or princess diana or somebody that they they're wanting to do the best job they can to convey that that person it's it, it probably takes quite a bit to do all of that you know yeah you have to you immerse yourself into what they were feeling and then you have to use your own but using your own is kind of difficult when i'm not used to it so because i've been blocked because i tried to block myself off so it's kind of um yeah it's kind of a new experience kind of using my emotions for that whether when I was singing, actually, people used to know me as a ballad singer because I used to love singing the depressing songs because I could resonate with that. I know, <laughs> but I could I could resonate with that. I know, and and I was great at, at doing that. <laughs> kind of doing the other using the happy ones now. It's kind of you know. <laughs> I sometimes I'll listen to songs and I'll just start crying. Right. Like oh my gosh, yeah. am I crying right now? <sighs> but it feels it, it just it's that emotion that comes yeah. with music. That is makes it so beautiful, you know. But, but I just, happy. I really, yeah, I love, I love everything you said because it's just it, it demonstrates that we're always wanting to learn something. We're always, you know, trying to uh, become better at something, and I think that's that's part of life, and that's yeah. awesome. I don't think you can ever go through life and not want to learn something new every day, or you know, it would be really boring. Yeah, otherwise. You just walked around and we just knew all the things and we didn't want to learn anything new. Yeah. Mm. I don't think that'd be very fun. Yeah. That's not a fun life. <laughs> okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome in your life? Oh God, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Um, I've had a lot of self-limiting beliefs that I've created myself because I was in that situation and I just couldn't see past it. So um, probably, I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I used to love all the pop singers. So I used to love um, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, uh, just the soul, you know, the 90s and those kind of singers. And I used to do the little trills at Mariah Carey. I used to copy like really easily. Um, I know I used to do Hero. My, my thing was here singing Hero. Um, so I think a self-limiting belief would be that I wouldn't be famous because that's all I saw and I wanted it, but I couldn't see it. So even though I wanted it, there was nobody out there who was disabled or had these, or you didn't see anything that was going behind the scenes or you would see these perfect, happy Britney Spears, you know, dancing her way until obviously she got to the, the breakdown. But until that point, she was just this perfect, you know, teenager slash going into womanhood. So I didn't see any anyone with difficulties and disabilities. So I couldn't see myself in that being famous in, in your typical way. And and, and I, I actually auditioned for, um, not The Voice, but for Pop Idol. Um, and it was back when Pop Idol was Pop Idol. So I think it was second or third one. And it was a mistake, don't get me wrong. It was a complete total mistake, but I'm glad I did it because I didn't want to do it. 
again and I realized the realities of what goes on behind the show and they obviously they didn't want to take somebody like me so but they actually said it I remember on it after I think Dr Fox said oh no we had one you know disabled person you know with a leg so yeah we have loads it was like no you had one, <laughs> you didn't have yeah. one. so you know kind of the thought behind it they didn't know they didn't want those kind of people as pop singers or that you know they didn't think that disabled people would represent what they were pulling out their pop factory to make money so um it wasn't something that I was going to be able to do in any in yeah. any shape or form but I had that dream and I you know I had it for quite some time until I didn't <laughs> and then I felt bad for not yeah. doing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I I kind of, what did you what did you what, what song did you sing when you went on pop idol Oh, I sang the wrong song again. I actually wanted to sing Killing Me Softly. I should, and I auditioned with, so what happened was you go there and you audition in front of the producers twice. And the producers only, they say specifically, we're only gonna put you through if we think you're good. Now I was standing, I was there and I could hear some people and they were not good. So then it led you to believe, because I got through, I was like, are they putting me through because I'm good or are they putting me through to get some value entertainment? And then what happened was you had to come a week to come back the week after and audition for the producers again before you got to the live for, to the to the actual judges and they don't show that they say you go straight to the you know to the judges at that time it was so everything was hidden so I sang Killing Me Softly and I should have I should have sang that for the audition but I changed my mind and I sang um, Nobody Does It Better James Bond I love that song I shouldn't I shouldn't have sung it because it didn't show my full soulfulness in my voice um but I did realize as soon as I walked into that room there was a, a, a herd of cameras video cameras either side and I didn't realize I was camera shy up until that point because I was used to normal cameras yeah. but I wasn't used to video cameras and that was a complete shock and I just stood there yeah it was just awful but I realized then that I was I needed to do something so after, I'm glad I did that because then after that I kind of put myself in a place where there were video cameras so I had to get used to that whole thing so I I didn't really do I, I mean they were right not to take me on I mean I think Simon Cowell called me a funny little thing <laughs> and I was like right okay thank you yeah no but you know what I I that is an amazing story I think it's an important story because a lot of times we pursue something and go through the experience so appreciate it appreciate yeah. everything you learn from it you wouldn't yeah. change it no. but it it actually gives us revelations of other things about ourselves and what you know what we're meant to do so i i agree with you it's those are things that you don't regret you should do those things yeah right? yeah something was telling me even though something was telling me not to something was telling me to do it um but yeah it was <laughs> yeah as i said i'm glad i did it because i learned a lot from that and i didn't up until that point everyone was like oh God, why don't you do pop idol why don't you go on reality shows and then i learned from that going no that's not the way i want to make it or that's not the way I want to become famous because that's overnight success and anything worth this while you have to work at it you can't have overnight success because I didn't have the state of mind I didn't have the confidence I didn't have a lot of things that you need to survive for that kind of reality star show and they didn't have the mental health aspect on that to helping you along so you know it was good it was good I didn't move anywhere past that so but it was good that I did it to learn otherwise I'd be like oh no I really need to do that you know pursuing something that you're not supposed to but that I want until you actually get it and then you realize it's not what you thought it was which is a lot of what we go through in life oh, yeah. isn't it thinking we want something until we get it oh, and it's so right so the sooner that's why I think if I, you want I, something go for it sooner better than later don't have that desire for yes. too long because you're just going to be disappointed yep. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so true. But I, I think we think about that in so many elements of our life. Right. Okay, once I get this job, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be happy, this is it. And then the job comes and you're like, this, this, is, not, this is not what I thought, you know? Uh, you know, marriage, that's like a huge thing, right? People yeah. are like, you know what? Once I have my Cinderella moment, huh, or Prince Charming moment, whichever <laughs> side you're on, who, who, whatever, and then it happens, and you're like, hmm, okay. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it's it's just we put a lot of weight right. in these milestones in life, 
whether they're personal or professional. And sometimes I think the dazzle around them is not quite what it appears because of the way it's played up around us. You know, I think that's true. I think, yeah, relationships are the biggest one. We're taught, isn't it? Like since we were young, oh, you have to find Prince Charming or Princess and then you live your happily ever after. And it's true. Only now are they starting to show what happens after the happily ever after is not yeah. happily well, ever after. They started showing that a long time ago. Right, you know exactly. I mean? It's like, well, Wait there's... A minute. I, I, Wait a minute. Yes. No, it doesn't turn out that way. And life isn't just about getting married. Actually, after that, it's dealing with or after you find that perfect person that you think is perfect because no one's perfect. perfect. No one's perfect that's at all. Biggest, right. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest issue, right? So it's just society there. and culture, isn't it? Bringing, bringing it up thing. You have to get married at a certain time or you have to find the perfect job at a certain time or, you know, the house. And, it's, and then you find it and then it all comes crashing down and then you have to rebuild your life again. And, you know, so it's not all about milestones, the way society makes it out to, you know, uh, makes us out to think so we kind of have to forget about that rewrite what we see and kind of make up our own and that's hard it's hard especially like turning 30 turning 40 it's just hard because like oh I don't have that I haven't done that and then you get into a depression mode and then what have I got to you know what am I doing and so it takes I, I think we just need to forget about what society kind of you know portrays yeah. and what we think we're supposed to be doing at any given time yes <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, so much for saying that out loud. <laughs> because it's like the ultimate test every single day. I think whether you're whether you're listening to this podcast right now and you're 17 or you're 30 or you're 42, you know what I mean? Right. There's always something at every level or every stage of your life that society tells you is supposed to happen at that time and you have to be well, and that's why my motto is to be unapologetically you is because sometimes being unapologetically you means it's not living up to those quote unquote standards that are set out there because you're making you're blazing your own trail and it looks a little different but it feels right for you and that's that's what i want people to be able to get out of these kinds of conversations is that real people do things that are meant for them and not because you know some magazine or tv show said this is the way to do it right and that's hard it's hard when you grow up you know with with, with everything especially tv the social media now it's even harder for young kids i wouldn't want to grow up you know, be a teenager at this time. It's hard enough <laughs> back then no. when we didn't have mobile phones. <laughs> I would not want to do that. This is so hard. But it, so it actually brings me to my next question, which I feel like I've learned a little bit, but what what is one thing that you would want to see changed in the world? I think I would like to see people be more tolerant with other people, but we've come to kind of this place where you can't say anything. And I think we're taking away the right to have our, our own opinions, um, because B, you're gonna offend someone. And I think I'd love to see that change because I think we've just got too far. I mean, you know, we don't wanna go back to 1950, don't get me wrong, but I think where we are right now is dangerous. It's a dangerous place because, I mean, we see, we, you say in America, you've got freedom of speech, um, but then do you, and my, my argument to that, do you really have freedom of speech because everyone is actually commenting on your freedom of speech? So yes, you have the right to say anything and then you're going to get hatred for it or you're going to get, you know, why are you saying that? How can you say that? And, and, and especially with politics and transgender and all of these things now going on and you can't say anything. You say anything against anybody and you're going to get attacked. So that's not freedom of speech. And it's happening in the mm -hmm. UK as well. And, and I don't believe in racism. Absolutely, that needs to go in all forms. And yeah, as I said before, tolerance. We just need tolerance and, an, and a sense of humor. I like to get bring back the sense of humor and the fact that we can laugh, you know, laugh at ourselves, laugh at 
just everything without taking things so seriously. God. <laughs> That's what, you know, I don't actively watch the news. Hmm. It doesn't mean I, I, I don't like to be aware of what's going on. I try to find non-biased information, read it for myself in short snippets, not like all day long or else I'd be depressed severely. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, finding the facts, finding what's going on, because you're right. You turn things on like the news. It's not funny. There's there's no fun in it. There's no light about the good things happening in the world and, you know, all of the positive influences. It's just divisiveness with politics, right. violence that it's happening. I mean, it's just it's just really like five minutes of that and you'll just feel just downtrodden <laughs> for the day you know yeah everyone would just want to attack people for their own agenda and there's no you know it's not necessary so i think if we just like accept people for who they are but then as i said just be like i'm small i've heard so many small jokes it's not even you know not even funny but yet i always say if something's funny i will laugh even if it is you know, an attack, not an attack, but if it is towards me, that's fine. Just make it funny. It doesn't really bother me because anything you want. So, you know, and, and I think people need to just, yeah, have that. Because comedians, you know, I'd hate to be a comedian. I wouldn't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. How, how tall are you, Amy? I'm four foot five. Okay. So I, I'm in the fours. Oh, are you? As well. oh. I'm 4'11". I mean, I consider that to be, you know, <laughs> except nobody I'm around, everybody I am around is very tall, you know. To have me, they got taller like, as they got older? I don't, I don't like so many more. I've realized that I'm living in, I always say that I'm in the land of the giants because people have just started to get taller and taller. I like my neck is just killing me. And literally, I have so many tall people around me and so many of my female friends are like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, and the men, don't get me started. They're like six foot, six foot one. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I've been meeting more guys lately that are like 6'5". So I'm like, I just don't even understand this. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, so we are together. We, I know the neck thing. I understand it. It happens all day for me. <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I have a, um, a, a compatriot with me. Okay. So my next question for you is what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been given so much advice over the years. It's hard to know, um, hard to remember. Maybe um, it was probably don't don't go on reality shows, but I didn't take their advice <laughs> because you know certain things you have to experience for yourself. So I did actually did somebody did when I was in music college because I mean jazz at that time was prestigious, and and you don't you know pop. It's kind of below jazz, everything is below jazz. So when I was graduating, because I'd gone through that degree, so I had a, I knew I was good. I knew I was a you know a very good singer. I was very musical. I had a great tone. So I had all these positivity things about myself. So a friend of mine said, just don't do it. Don't go. Um, you're not a pop singer. And I was like, no, I'm gonna go. <laughs> all right, yeah. That is so funny. I love that. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't do it. It'll make for a good story, but don't do it. <laughs> I say about my dating. I've had so many dating stories. They all say don't do it, but I thought, like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. And yeah, it is a good story after I've actually done it. <laughs> like, yeah. That could be a book later. The, the dating collection. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right after you do your album, of like compilations of your version of your favorite different songs then yeah. you could write a book on the dating experiences dating. you're very busy yeah. later with, with those projects that's a good idea Just, actually i could do that which is <laughs> adding to your uh, your future project list but i think the most important question question amy is where where can people follow you 
Where can they find you, stay connected with what you're doing and just continue to be inspired because I think you're such a beautiful soul. Oh, thank you. And you too. And I know I've connected with you on, I think it's Instagram. So I'm on Instagram, um, all the social media. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Clubhouse. Just type my, mostly Amy Sinha voice or just Amy Sinha. Um, S-I-N-H-A, Facebook, yeah, I said Facebook. Um, and then I've got my own website, so it's amysinha.com. So if you just type in A-M-Y-S-I-N-H-A.com, you'll find me. And I, but I do encourage people to interact with me. I love meeting new people. And if you have a story to share, I would love to hear hear anything you have to say. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good, yes. And I'll make sure that in the show notes, all the links to how people can connect with you are there so they can click that and get connected with you. I, I feel so grateful for the time we've spent today. I know I've learned a lot because this space of music and jazz and voiceover, I'm going to have to follow more of the work you're doing because it just, it does fascinate me a lot. So thank you for sharing your experience. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Well, I'm, I'd love to, you know, have you back when you are doing some of your different projects so you can share that with us. But yes, I appreciate you uh, coming on. And I know we're approaching, like I said, the end of the year. So a happy holidays and all of that. <laughs> so many celebrations around the world. So thank you for, for being here. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Amy Sinha, voiceover artist. What a fun episode to record. She is just such a dynamic, amazing, positive individual. Ah, I wish there were more people like Amy in the world. I love her descriptors. Honest, non-judgmental, trustworthy. That's beautiful. That is what we need more of in the world. But what really struck me about what Amy shared was about other people's opinions and the opinion that matters, which is our own. There are going to be people that tell you no, people that tell you that you can't, people that tell you that you are not capable those people are one opinion. If you believe in you and you know your capabilities, and yes, you do have to do the work to perfect your craft or a skill. Feedback is one thing. Absolutely welcome feedback for improvement because that helps you grow. There are going to be times when you show up and you are not giving the best version of yourself in terms of your skills, abilities, and talents. And so you welcome that feedback to help you close the gap and get better. But telling you that you can't or you're not capable, those are really big statements. And words matter. Words change people's lives and can literally change the trajectory of someone's life just because of words that are said for positive or negative, for good or for worse. That's how life is. So when you come to this podcast and you listen to these episodes of these resilient, remarkable people that share their stories, if there's one thing I want you to take away, it's to remember your own resilience your own capabilities and walk away feeling empowered about them. So I hope that you certainly got that today from Amy's story and our conversation. Like I said, it was a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of a playful banter, but I really do appreciate you for being on this journey with me, for tuning in, whether this is your first episode that you've ever listened to of the Born Unbreakable podcast, or you have been here from the very beginning, it means the world. These stories teach me so much about humanity, about myself, about connection, and about community, and I just couldn't be more grateful. So what I always say is, you are your only limit, so take action today. 
Subscribe if you haven't already to this podcast. Give it a rating and review if you haven't. It only takes 60 seconds or less to hit those stars and write a quick review about what you're getting, whether it's this episode specifically or just a general comment overall. I always appreciate it. You can always reach out to des at bornunbreakable.com to send me a personal message, or you can go to Instagram and send me a message there, Born Unbreakable. I appreciate you. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and I'll see you again when you tune in to the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.